It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. It is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. 547 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Also via email at 610KONA.com. Bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Parlor at The Bottom Line 610, and of course our free mobile app available through Google Play and Apple Stores. Robin Ed here on your Tuesday afternoon. Joining us on the line right now is the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party, Caleb Heimlich. Mr. Chairman, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Robin Ed. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to have you, sir. So uh, let's get right into it. In a in a very different political climate than what we have seen in pretty much all of our memories, um, there has been heightened concern in a number of different areas, particularly when it comes to uh, questions of voting accuracy and ethics. And recently on the west side of the state, a few eyebrows have been raised regarding um, – Mailers that were sent out with ballots that were delivered by the post office uh, in a particular district regarding a certain candidate for the state house. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the situation and why the concern has been raised among many, including some elected officials. Yeah, so uh, Representative Luann Van Werven is our state representative from the 42nd District up in Whatcom County. Uh, She is the Republican incumbent, great representative. There's a Democrat challenging her, and on Saturday or Sunday, I think it was Saturday, that candidate, her name's Alicia Rule, and I'll just read what she wrote on Facebook. She wrote, ballots arrive today. Mine was carefully tucked together with a flyer by our neighborhood postal worker. I am reminded of just how much support we have because even that postal workers union has endorsed our campaign. We are in this together. And then the picture is her official ballot coming, but it's wrapped with her flyer. And then people commented and said, mine arrived that way, too. So it it raises the question, which is why we're calling for an investigation. Was this an individual postal worker who took the time to wrap ballots with her campaign flyer? This is her being the Democratic candidate. Was it even more widespread than that? Was it happening all across the district, which would, of course, involve different postal workers? And so I've spoken with Secretary of State Kim Wyman. Uh, we filed an official complaint with the USPS Office of Inspector General. There is an investigation underway. But as you said, I mean, this is cuts to the core of the integrity of our election process. Uh, these postal workers are federal employees, and so it's important that they not be interfering and attempting to influence the election uh, one way or the other. And for those that may not be aware, I'll try and describe it a little bit better. Uh, it was a direct mail piece that was folded over uh, the ballot, the ballot tucked inside, as you mentioned. Uh, but the way it was tucked, it was very visible that it was the candidate's literature that was the first thing you saw, and then the ballot inside, correct? Yeah, you would have to kind of, you'd have to look at this candidate's logo picture, you'd have to open their mailer. 
to get to your ballot. It was kind of fully folded um, and enclosed with this candidate's flyer. And as I said, this is the candidate themselves who posted it to social media, and then their supporters commented, mine came that way as well. So it was more than one, um, and that's why an investigation, I believe, needs to be held to ensure that this isn't further widespread. I mean, mail is an incredibly important part of the way we vote, of the way our ballots are delivered, and, of course, of how both Republicans and Democrats send flyers. And we have to trust that those are going to be presented to the voters equally and not one and some given special treatment. We're talking with Caleb Hammock, the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party here on the bottom line. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Chairman, but most government employees, be at the local level, municipal county, state, federal level, uh, are not supposed to actively participate in anything like this under the purview of their job. As an individual, they can do what they wish uh, to be politically active, but as far as a representative of the agency that they work for, uh, they are not, no one that is a government employee is supposed to be overtly politically active, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's, as I said before, we depend upon the mail for so many elements of our voting process that it's important for the trust that the voters place in that process that this sort of thing not happen. And that's why I believe the investigation needs to occur. Many others have called for that, and I believe it is underway currently. And so we'll see uh, what happens there. But as you said, this is amid kind of a heightened tension around voting by mail in general across the country as we're in this pandemic and people are looking at that. And we've uh, publicly supported the Secretary of State, her reforms to ensure that we have a fair election process, the work she's done in ensuring that each voter only receives one ballot, uh, kind of bringing the voter rolls into one system that was a huge task of her office last year. And so I have a lot of confidence in Secretary of State Kim Wyman, in our county auditors, and in those systems. Uh, but we obviously need to make sure that, that everything that's being delivered is being done so fairly. Now, Chairman, we have heard over the years there have been instances of impropriety that have occurred. Uh, in a situation like this, if the investigation comes back and does find that there was um, some impropriety here, what exactly would the individual or the agency be facing uh, as any type of punishment, or would it just simply be a, well, you really shouldn't have done this, You now you know better? I am, I'm not a lawyer, and so I don't know the exact specifics of this case. I, I do think that there, um, obviously, the investigation is the first step, and then the second is we would call on any prosecution that needs to take place in accordance with the law. I mean, I know that there are certain laws governing tampering with mail. I don't know that that's what this would be classified as, um, but I think, it's, I think it is really important for the investigation to take place, for it to be conducted as swiftly as possible, and then for there to be uh, consequences for any actions that are found to be, whether it was intentional or depending on uh, kind of how widespread it's determined to be, um, obviously factors into that as well. We're talking with Caleb Heimlich. He is the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party here on The Bottom Line. 
Now, Chairman Heimlich, uh, a new crosscut Elway poll uh, released today, and uh, normally we don't put a whole lot of stock in polls, uh, looking at them as uh, a snapshot in time as potentially, uh, you know, being actual reality. However, it does give us good fodder for a talk show, so we're going to bring it up. <laughs> uh, the new uh, the new polling data. Um, showed uh, they they were all over the place as far as topics but I want to zero in on a couple of them with you number 1 was a pre-election question and uh people were asked whom they would support and would be inclined to vote uh vote for in the primary election governor Inslee got 46 uh percent of uh the vote and uh, the Republican candidates uh, split a lot of ways. Obviously, there are a lot of candidates. Uh, Republican Lauren Culp uh, was in double digits with 14 uh, percent. And he was the only candidate right now, anyway, with double digit support in this poll. What do you make of that? Yeah, first of all, I think it's good news where Governor Inslee is. I mean, the fact that the governor is under 50 percent, according to this poll, he was at 46 percent. I think it shows that voters are evaluating alternatives. And I mean, Governor Inslee's been around for eight years. Voters know his record. And I think there is a growing consensus of people saying it's time to replace him and look for someone better. Um, obviously, I think, as you pointed out, Governor or Governor uh, Lauren Culp, Chief Culp, was at 14 percent, um, and that was he was the leading Republican, according to this poll. There are still 24 percent undecided. And so with literally two weeks to go till the primary, it's still a very active and open race. I would encourage all of your listeners to get their ballot, do their research, uh, vote for the Republican candidate they prefer, and then get their ballot in, because this is uh, a great opportunity uh, to steer the direction of the party, to pick the candidate you support. The state Republican Party is neutral. We're committed to whoever comes through that primary um, and is the choice of the Republican voters of Washington state. We will unite behind that candidate and do everything we can to defeat Governor Inslee. So I think I, my takeaway from the poll at this point, I mean, they sampled 400 people, which in a state of 4.5 million voters and over six or seven million uh, residents is not a huge sample size, but it does show some of the grassroots enthusiasm for Lauren Culp. Uh, but we've got those four, five, six great candidates running. We'd encourage people to pick their favorite and be sure they vote because your vote absolutely matters. It's an open race still. And in two weeks, we'll know exactly who uh, the voters prefer. You mentioned the 24 percent undecided. How many of those people would you say are just simply waiting to see which Republican candidate joins Inslee on the final ballot? Yeah, that's a that is a interesting uh, question. I haven't seen the full cross tabs. I don't know if they've been released yet. Um, so I don't I don't know for sure. But I do think that speaks to the fact that not everybody on our side has made up their mind. They're still kind of evaluating the candidates, trying to determine who they think is the strongest, who has the best chance to win. We've certainly heard that here at our office from a lot of people calling in uh, saying, well, I've heard some things about this candidate or some things about this candidate. But given that we've been in a pandemic, it's been an interesting campaign for the last three or four months of trying to get the message out. And so uh, I think it's still 
very much an open race. But I, I would also argue that those those undecided voters are ours for the taking in terms of voting for the Republican, because if they uh, supported Democrats and supported Jay Inslee, then they would have said so. But I think at this point, they're looking for a reason not to vote for him. And so that's our challenge going forward is to support whoever our candidate is that gets through and make an appealing case to those voters that Republicans can do better uh, than the current um, current administration. A number of questions on the poll uh, pointed to uh, police, law enforcement. And the one that kind of stuck out to me was uh, the question that pertained to uh, overall job performance of the police at the local level. And 72% came back with a positive um, outlook on their local police being good or excellent. Only 25% uh, had a negative, and that included 16% that rated uh, their police only fair. So, you know, average police were, were lumped in with the negative, I guess. But even that, uh, there's, you know, a good three quarters of the people polled uh, felt good about their local police. So that is in contradiction to what many of us are seeing uh, in the media coverage of uh, protests and whatnot uh, all around the state, but especially in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there was another question uh, related to, would you support or oppose reducing funding for city police by 50 percent? And the numbers were very similar. Only 17 percent supported that. 73 percent opposed. And this is one of our major messaging points for the next two weeks with the primary and the next three and a half months is look at what's happening in Seattle. The radical Democrats are pushing for a 50 percent defunding of their police department. The average voter in Washington state doesn't want that to happen, does not want that happening in their communities. And we're seeing silence from Governor Inslee, Inslee, silence from legislative Democrats. They're going along with the radical left-wing agenda of cutting our police. And that's not where the voters are, according to this poll, and that's not what we're hearing from voters as we're talking to them across the state. So I think this issue of defending, not defunding the police, is a huge opportunity for us here in Washington state. Absolutely, as the poll kind of goes into there are room for some reforms, room for more accountability, more citizen oversight. Uh, and I think Republicans can agree to those and we can incorporate those. But we we want to start with step number one, which is funding the brave men and women in blue that are serving and protecting our communities. And that's where the Democrats in this radical agenda are flying directly counter to what the voters want. And we're talking with Caleb Heimlich, the Washington State Republican Party chair here on the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA. Mr. Chairman, you alluded to Seattle a few minutes ago, and I think one of the more interesting aspects, and granted, you know, polls are what they are, but sometimes you can find interesting nuggets, particularly in the 80% that make up a particular poll. And if you look at the responses regarding the governor's performance, on policing and the protests that occurred in Seattle. Seattle itself, 47% negative. King County, 62% negative on the governor's response. And if you go into an important voting group, which is independence, 72% 
negative on how the governor has done in this particular position. We know that many are looking at this as something that could be the Achilles heel for the governor during his election. How much stock do you put in that small sample size, and do you believe that might actually be an indicator of the larger sentiment regarding CHOP and what has happened in Seattle even after that was disbanded? Yeah, I think there's a couple couple really big across-the-spectrum issues for Washington State. Really, everywhere I go, I'm kind of talking about five uh, major issues. Number one, it was this radical comprehensive sex education bill. We've talked about that on your show that was pushed through by Democrats. Number two is listening to the voters. Voters voted for $30 car tabs. The Democrat establishment, Governor Inslee, ignored them. Number three is taxes. We've seen time and again the voters of Washington state don't want to see their taxes raised, and yet that is the first thing that Democrats always turn to. And then number four is really this issue of the police and protecting our community. When when the chop first happened and Governor Inslee was asked about it and he said, that's news to me. And then this weekend, we had another round of really riots and destruction in Seattle as they were um, launching incendiary devices into a police precinct, uh, looting an Amazon store, uh, burning a Starbucks store. The governor was asked about it by the press over the weekend, and he said, we're following it. Uh, the people of Washington State don't want someone to follow these protesters. They want a leader. They want a leader that's going to protect our communities and actually get engaged on these issues. And so I think it's not a surprise uh, that this poll reflected what we've been hearing from voters across the state, uh, that Governor Inslee's not paying attention, he's not engaging there. And then the fifth thing we're talking a lot about, which we're also – so we're running an ad right now. People can go to our website on that very issue of protecting our communities, opposing the anarchy and chaos we see in Seattle. And then the other issue we're running an ad on right now is competence. And Governor Inslee and his Democrat appointee donor to the Employment Security Department allowed over $650 million to be scammed out of our unemployment fund by Nigerian scammers, while over 81,000 Washingtonians waited 10 weeks to get their checks, and many of them still haven't received a check, that a system that they were paying into. And so I think when you look at those five issues, we have plenty to run on, plenty to draw a contrast with the governor and really win this state and flip Washington state and get it moving in the right direction. Caleb Heinrich, the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Always look forward to speaking with you and be safe and be well. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much, Rob and Ed. Appreciate the time. Take a quick time out. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. We'll discuss a little bit more some of that interesting information from the Crosscut poll, as well as, once again, something we've been told to do may not be exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610-KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, the phone number 547-1610. If you would like to get involved, the email 610-KONA.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. 
And if you're a business that's just reopened up in this modified phase one or you're heading back to work, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance. He's the only American Star Certified Rated Agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities because you want to make sure that you have got everything in line with your business insurance policy for this modified phase one. And at the same time, take a look at that auto insurance that you have. Make sure that you've got the coverage that you want and that you're paying a fair price. Jason will be able to help you with all of that information, be able to look at your policy, let you know if you need to add something, or if American Family Insurance actually has something better for you that's going to wind up being not just more protection, but cost-effective. Contact Jason today through his website, jasonhogue.com. So the, uh, the latest news, latest news, is that <laughs> the masks? This is fantastic. Okay. In a way, it's common sense. I, I will say this. In a way, it should be common sense. But the latest today regarding masks is this the N95 masks that have the protruding port mm-hmm. are. Pretty much worthless. Well, I don't know if I would say well, worthless, the, the, but maybe put it not this way. as good as what we were led to believe. It's, How's that? How 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 about we put it this way? As far as preventing someone getting coronavirus from you, it's worthless. Right. Preventing you from getting it from someone else will work out just fine because the filter that's on that that exposed port. The N95 masks are mainly for construction. They're mainly to filter dust and filter particles. So it will prevent you from getting COVID-19. But when you are exhaling, there is nothing filtering the air coming out of your mouth. There is nothing filtering the virus coming from you. So if you're if you're a carrier and you have an N95 masks mask what you're saying is you could still infect other people. Yes, you can. If you're asymptomatic or you've got a little bit of a cough or you're feeling slightly under the weather, maybe you've got a couple symptoms of COVID, but you don't have the full-blown thing, you breathing out through that mask, it's going right out that port, it's going right next to whoever you're near, and now every expert on the face of the planet all of a sudden today is saying that N95 mask Don't bother. It's not doing anything. It's not going to help you. It's going to help you not get it. But if you've got it, you're spreading. So, again, we go back. Unless everyone has N95 masks. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then they're just filtering it as it comes in. But we know that's not the case. We know the majority of people are wearing cloth masks because the the full-born 100% effective PPE masks are reserved for healthcare, as well they should. Um, But most other people are wearing cloth masks or something made out of a a whatever fabric they can get, or they're wearing the disposable, you know, masks that you get in a waiting room. But the latest news today is the N95 mask will prevent you from getting it, but will not prevent you from giving it to someone else. Isn't that wonderful? You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Dan from Kennewick. What's up, Dan? 
So yeah, this is this is the problem. The contradictory information and you wonder why people are pulling their hair out and feel like they're just a bunch of sheep being told to do something for sake of being told to do something. Um, the science has never been there. You've had hundreds of doctors come out right at the very beginning of this and said uh, this is this very thing about masks. I kind of deal with masks on a daily basis. Um, even the P100 mask is not going to prevent the uh, virus from being spread. The virus is going to spread. Um, that's just a simple fact. So critical thinking and common sense will tell you it's a virus. It's looking for hosts. It's mutating to find stronger hosts to host on. Anyway, that's what I got to say. Um, this is not going to get any better. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate it. But I'm going to throw this other little element out there as well. When people were out there looking for masks to buy, okay? Yeah. And they're looking for, you know, okay, well, I want to get one like this, and I want to get one like this, and so on and so forth. Did you notice what most of those masks were? No. A lot of them were N95 Were masks. they? Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're paying anywhere between 10 and 15 bucks. You know what? They they look like they do the job. Right? They do. They, they look very they very much I mean, they you look, look for, at them and go, "I I think I'm going to be protected wearing this." That's thing. right. That's you, right. You they, look at it and that's what you think. They look quote-unquote professional. And so now that this has been brought out, there's going to be a lot of people out there who bought those masks who may put them off on the side in case they do any work around the house or anything like that, or they're going to be around a bunch of dust. But they're going to now have to buy a different mask. Yeah. And so those same companies that were making those masks in N95 form are now just going to repurpose the same graphics and put them on a different mask, and you're going to just wind up going out and buying something else. And, and there's always in the back of my head the the money-making element of a pandemic. Plus, you know... That's what, just me. What we've been... Well, sure. But we've been, again... <laughs> Look, I get, I get, you know, the frustration. Dan, obviously, very frustrated, and I'm sure many others. Oh, I think we Some, all are. Yeah, there, there is an element of, you know, kind of going through this blind to some degree that. We're not going to know everything about the situation from day one, and things are going to change. Having said that, however, when you start hearing just about everything that we were told in the beginning is now changed. That's when you just sigh with a mask on, of course, and throw your hands up and say, well, what the heck? I get it that, you know, we may not have known exactly how it was transmitted the most or, you know, certain, you know, things may have worked and not. And I mean, it's, it's, it was a moving target. And to some degrees, it is still, although we are starting to get some pretty uh, far along uh, clinical tests done on vaccines and treatments and things like that. So it does seem like we are starting to get on top of this. But, but I get the frustration, though. You know, there, there's going to be frustration, no doubt. You know, keeping in mind, too, that, in 1918, it went for almost two years. 
Well, it, it went for almost back two there, years. and we didn't have social media to tell us what we were doing right and wrong. Well, that's true, and there was another factor in the spread of that too that most people haven't talked about. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio six ten K O N A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hang on, I'm calling from Kennewick. What's up? Well, uh, Jesus said, "Don't be deceived in the last days," and. Uh, Dr. Buttar said using a mask is like using a chain link fence to keep out COVID. Are you going to skip to that? Well, are we in the are we in the last days? What do you think? No. I'm asking you, man. You're the one that called this show. Are we in the last days? You betcha. Okay. About how many would you say we have left? You can't see the the line in the sand. Oh, I, man! I'm asking you. You called our show, so I'm hoping that you can enlighten me. How many days do you think we got? Uh, quite a while. Oh, okay. If we don't fuck up, and uh, all right. Here's the thing. You know, I mean, look, we we're we're not trying to find the best way to put this. The level of frustration on all ends is growing to such a degree that you have camps being formed with people who just three months ago were being given the benefit of the doubt on information that they were putting out there. Right. Every single thing now is being pointed at and questioned, which you would think in a in a day where we're supposed to be more informed and we're supposed to be more intellectual and we're supposed to be smarter about what we do that we're going to be able to discern what is and what isn't good information but thanks to social media that's just a big hodgepodge uh you can't really discern what is and what isn't because you're getting different things and you're getting a lot of people's feelings involved in it as well so you, you facts and yeah. feelings get confused quite a bit well but ultimately as we made the reference to 1918 it was almost two years one of the biggest contributing factors to the spread of it not just in the united states but around the world was world war one ah yeah and let me guess i don't think they were social distancing during world war one they were not only weren't they social distancing but it actually saw its largest spread at the beginning at military bases in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. And then guys went and came back yeah. and brought it with them. Yep. There were, believe it or not, there were mask orders put in place in 1918 in a number of cities in the United States to try and slow the spread. But there weren't the treatment options and there wasn't the science that, that exists today. We are so far ahead of the curve in developing and finding treatments that may potentially work that it may not be two years until this thing is all said and done. But we're just still in the first six months of this thing, and people have already begun to loss, to, to just lose patience. Not only that, but back in 1918, Dr. Fauci was just beginning his career. He was. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is James in Genowick. Hi, James. Yeah, I wonder, can you touch on the Jays... Uh... Uh, legal standing to our authority to impose a law like this without the consent of the legislature? 
Uh, well, first, it's yes, I can do that pretty simply. It's not a law. Uh, the, it's a mandate. It's under a mandate powers. under exactly the emergency powers uh, granted to any governor um, during a, a during an emergency during a time of a pandemic, and uh, they are legally binding. And uh, so it's not a law, so it doesn't have to be passed by uh, the legislature. But it is, but it is binding. Well, it's. it's I know people don't like to hear that, but it's, that's the way it is. It's not necessarily any governor because our all states are a little bit different. Well, no, no, no. I in mean, our state, yes. yes. And this, and this is. But here's what's different too. My point was, it could have been any Washington state governor. Right. Well, three years ago, the powers weren't the same. That's right. These powers only changed in the last couple of years, thanks to the Senate resolution. And it was voted on by the people of Washington State yeah. to provide him expanded powers. That's why he has the ability to do this, put this mandate in place, expand a number of proclamations, and continue things down the road, because there is no end date on his ability to keep us in an emergency situation. The uh, This actually, a couple of years ago, came on the heels of uh, numerous reports that uh, we were on the verge of having a major earthquake or uh, some sort of a natural disaster. Yeah, Rainier was going to blow up. Well, and we also had a really bad wildfire season, if I recall, too, especially uh, up in the North Cascades, you know, the the Wenatchee, Chelan area uh, had just, you know, gotten hit really hard. So it was on people's minds that, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, we don't, we want to make sure that we're protected when, you know, any kind of emergency comes about. So, yeah, the people passed it. And uh, lo and behold, here we are a few years later. But, no, it's, I mean, the courts have held so on a far. number of cases so far that Inslee has the ability to do what he's been doing. You cannot like it, and there is an election coming up. But other than that, he can do it. Back with more after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, Tuesday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. If you're getting ready to go on a road trip, it is summer after all, and there are some people that are doing a little bit of traveling, whether it's up to Spokane, to the west side to see family, maybe over to Idaho or Oregon. But if you're going to do it, make sure those tires on your car have come for Perfection Tire. They are a full-service facility. can help you with all of your automotive needs, so get the oil changed, make sure everything is ready to rock, and make sure those tires that you get you get them at Perfection Tire. have been serving the community for decades, locally owned and operated. Their name says it all. Absolutely 100%. Perfection Tire. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, or one of their four locations here in the Tri-Cities. 547-1610 if you would like to get involved in the program. And we've got a lot coming up as far as... Pre uh, pre primary election stuff, Ed. You know we, we're only two weeks away. We are we are two weeks away. Two weeks from today, we, we are two weeks Ballots away. To um, tomorrow we will have Doctor Raul Garcia on the program. Thursday we will have Representative Bill Jenkins, who is running for state senate in the sixteenth. 
we will have Kim Lehrman, who is running for uh, Franklin County Commissioner in District 1 next Tuesday. Um, next Thursday, we will have uh, Anna Ruiz Peralta, who is running for Franklin County Commissioner in District 2. Next Friday, we will have Joshua Freed, who is running for governor. Uh, this Friday, we will have Tim Iman, who is running for governor. So you will have an opportunity to hear from a number of candidates at the local and the state level over the course of the next, I would say, fair to say, eight days on this program. Uh, we are not going to interview any candidates the first week of August. Next Friday will be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next Friday will be it. We don't want to give anybody an unfair advantage a day or two before the primary. Uh, so next Friday will be it for our interviews, but we've got a lot of them locked in and loaded so that you can get as much information as you possibly can at the local and state level for candidates in particular races. So, and they're always fun, of course. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, going back to that uh, crosscut Elway poll. Speaking of the election, um, again, you know how I feel about polls. I, they, they are not a. They don't give you the big picture. They give you the small picture. They give mm -hmm. you a snapshot. They don't give you the panoramic. However, if you, I, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little surprised that only 46% said they would back Governor Inslee because we get a kind of a myopic view of things over here, um, and you, we don't always know what's going on west of the Cascades, much like they don't know what's going on east of the Cascades. You have guesses, some of them educated, some of them just perpetuate um, you know, myths about you know, all those hicks in eastern Washington or, you know, every single person in western Washington is a socialist. Well, that's not exactly true. And, you know, you get a, you get an idea of this uh, from the polling numbers that even though the—and and it's the, the representation is based on population. So you are going to get a higher concentration of King County people polled— uh, and certainly a higher concentration of Western Washington to Eastern Washington. And still, those polls indicate that three quarters of the people in this state have pretty good things to say about their local police. It's not this massive statewide movement to defund police. And, and even... Of the 25% that, that this poll indicated as being negative towards police, I, I think that's a little bit off, too, because 16% of the people only had a fair opinion or an average opinion. To me, an average opinion about police is not a negative. It's it's not a positive or a negative. It's It's an average opinion. So if you really look at it, 8 or 9%. Of the people polled would like to probably defund the police eight or nine percent of the entire state that's not what we're seeing on television each night it's not what we're uh, hearing about in radio reports it's not what we're seeing in newspapers if you went by that you would think everyone in washington and oregon 
wants to defund the police. That's simply not true. And now a poll that has leaned left from the beginning even bears that out. Hour number one in the books, hour number two on the way. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA.